you are watching a very special interview on this Thanksgiving day that we pre-recorded just yesterday. Uh, of course, you're watching the Nomi He Show. I am Nomi He Kunst, and we do these special interviews quite regularly. If you are a patron, you're just so lucky because you get to listen to them in the entirety at once and early. But if you're not a patron, you might get slices and dices and you might not see the full interview for a while. So it is important to join us on Patreon because that is how this show uh, really thrives. That's how Unipedimedia thrives. So make sure to join us at patreon.com slash the Nomi Key Show. And if you are not already, make sure to click that subscribe button and that little bell to know when our special interviews go up, when we go live, and of course, smash that like button. All right, I would be a bad Greek if I did not lean into <laughs> the crisis in the Mediterranean right now a little bit more. So we're gonna be talking a lot more about the crisis in the Mediterranean and breaking it down for you guys. Uh, my dear friend here, Elpide, I can't even say her name, but I'm Greek. Elpida Tsivikos is a performer, director, producer, and an advocate for justice for Cyprus. Cyprus is what we're gonna be talking about. Uh, and, and the crisis ongoing as always, but amped up right now um, that is happening in Mediterranean uh, in Cyprus. Elpida, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and for taking the time to uh, make space to talk about Cyprus, um, something I'm very passionate about and I feel that not enough people hear enough about, um, especially right now, um, it's popping up in the news and a lot of people are wondering when this all started and it started a long time ago. So um, I'll, I'll give you a little history. Before we get to the history, I know this sounds basic, we'll put a map up, but where is Cyprus located? <laughs> Cyprus is uh, in the Eastern Mediterranean. Um, it is known as the belly button of the world because it basically is right above Africa, beside the Middle East and below Europe. So it is a very strategic location and has been since the beginning of time, um, which is why we have been colonized by pretty much every, um, every empire in, in the history of the world. Uh, most recently, I would say it was it was the British before our current occupation, and before that, it was the Ottomans. Um, so it is it was very important in antiquity, and it still is very important. Um, it is between three continents, basically. I mean, it's a, yeah. So um, there's a lot of history, but what I'll say is we were conquered by the Ottoman Empire, and after that, we were given to the British. We were a British colony up until 1963. In 1963, the British do what they've done countless times, divide and conquer. They armed the ethnic minority, which um, they also gave us names of Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots, which is a common um, mistake. Uh, we are the indigenous people of Cyprus and we were never actually a part of Greece. So um, it's something that I advocate. It's okay. something I, yeah, it's a, just a motorcycle. Happening. <laughs> yeah. um, it's so it's something I advocate to be used correctly because, you know, I believe it's disempowering to put that prefix before Cypriot. It implies that we came from somewhere else. Um, the Turkish population came during the Ottoman Empire. Um, 
So there's the indigenous group of Cypriots, there are Turkish Cypriots, the British armed the Turkish Cypriots. Um, there was a civil war, basically. There was a lot of fighting. Um, it started in 1963 because, you know, the British had left and they gave us a chance to be our own country, but not genuinely. Um, they knew exactly what they wanted. They wanted us to divide into separate states based on religion, similar to India and Pakistan. Um, and there's documentation of this. Uh, there were papers left on the desk of some politicians during um, during all of this happening. And it's um, it's written down that this was the plan to divide us. Can, can I just ask a brief, brief question? Um, so 1963, when the, when the British decided uh, that they were willing to let Cyprus go and and figure out their own destiny, destiny, why? Why would they let go of such an important geopolitical uh, island? Uh, it just, I mean, just geopolitically in particular, um, not to mention yeah. all the other aspects of colonization. Well, they weren't actually fully letting us go. They have, um, they have army bases still on the island that they, that was part of the deal that they would keep, and they still, they still have them there. They never left, um, and they are. Um, I'm not sure if it's ca called an autonomous zone, but it's it's British territory on the island, um, and. Um, you know, they gave us they gave us that chance, but they also gave Turkey the guarantee, they became the guarantors of peace in Cyprus, which was also um, hugely problematic because again, we we are the indigenous people um, and they gave the ethnic minority um, the guarantorship of the, the island. So what is the size of the Turkish population at that time on the island? Um, at that time, they were, I believe, 17% of the population. Um, but right now, that's that's a huge, that's actually a, a little bit down the line. It's a, it's a big issue because um, not only, so Turkey invaded in 1974, they felt that their people were being harmed. And so they called it the, it was a peace effort. So they invaded um, and tried to take over the entire island. They were stopped 40% of the island down. Um, and when that happened, something that people don't really understand is a lot of the Turkish Cypriots, they all were displaced and brought to the north. Um, and in a lot of the cities, I noticed that there, there was a lot of conflict and tension between the two groups. But in the more rural areas, like where my family is from, in agricultural um, provinces like my village, um, everyone lived in harmony. Uh, so the village next to my village was a Turkish Cypriot village. And those people, the, but there were buses sent and they refused to board the buses because they didn't want to leave their village. And those people genuinely had lived in that village for hundreds of years. You know, they, again, they were, were not the indigenous people, but they had lived there for like 300 years. So it's, it's, it's complicated. They spoke the language, they looked just like me. Um, they really weren't religious practicing. Um, you know, there was not a big difference. Also, there was a lot of um, religious persecution. So many Turkish Cypriots converted um, to Islam to avoid persecution, and many of them would practice Christianity in private and vice versa. So it's it's a very complicated thing. But 
they moved all of those people to the north. So all of those people lost their homes and their history as well. Um, there was a lot of tension from mainland Turkey towards the Turkish Cypriots because they lived in Cyprus. So they were more loyal to Cyprus, they felt, than Turkey. Um, and nowadays, a couple of years ago, I, I went to the occupied side. I got special permission to go over there, even though the border is open. Um, I went with my camera. Um, and I personally was just trying to document some of the villages and some of the antiquity that's there because it's, um, surprise, surprise, uh, being destroyed at a rapid pace. I, their I world, uh, the, the Turkish, the Turkish why? government. Well, I mean, if they, if this is their land, like, why would they want to ruin it? Um, they are an unrecognized country and they don't follow a lot of the rules that are set by other nations um, like World Heritage Sites, UNESCO sites, um, because they are an unrecognized country, it's really hold, hard to hold them accountable. So a lot of the antiquity, for example, there's um, there's an ancient site of, a, they say it's one of the most ancient hotels. Um, and when I went a few years ago, I saw they just restored it like with modern materials. Um, there's one of the most, um, there's Apostle Andrew, the Monastery of Apostle Andrew, where he, his ship supposedly um, came ashore. And that is a very, very complicated site because, um, because they fought for that to be protected for this entire time from since 1974. Um, and I mean, of course, there's the religious tension. So any old churches are destroyed. Um, personally, you know, I don't think that um, the main point is religion. I think that if there's a 600 year old structure, it belongs to humanity. It's part of our world history. Um, and I think that those things need to be maintained, whether you're a Christian or you're atheist or whatever you are, you know, to walk into a space that's, you know, almost a thousand years old that belongs to humanity. Like we all, we all are losing parts of our history by those things being destroyed. Um, of course, you know, Turkey, um, did in Cyprus what they did many other places. They ethnically cleansed um, in the 70s. Well, in the 70s. Ottoman Empire, which is no. Well, specifically, if we talk about the 70s, 70s. Um, they they killed, um, destroyed, burnt down, um, renamed. Uh, you name it, um, they've erased us from from history on so, that side of the island. So let's talk about how important this is for folks to recognize in history because um there's 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 a bit of just sort of over, like bypassing it it's very strange to me because i mean as a greek it's there are organizations that are dedicated to the the the, the cyprus uh ethnic cleansing frankly um so how i don't want to say how bad was it that's not the right way of saying it but like what in terms of how it went down when they decided to divide and displace folks, how many people were displaced? How many people were killed? Who was killed? And what was their justification? Um, their justification was peace. So they murdered people that didn't want to leave their homes for peace. 
there were some villages that said, I don't care if Turkey's coming, we're going to stay here as a community. Um, and there are some really great documenta uh, documentaries about um, those villages, a couple of them. There's one um, where they just they just killed them. Um, they just killed them because they wouldn't leave. There was a lot of rape. Um, there was a lot of, you know, a good friend of mine, her grandmother is from Morfu. Uh, she's very, she's very old. She's almost 90. Um, and she thinks she's going back every day. Uh, but what she doesn't know is that they burned it down. They burnt, they burnt the entire, you know, city down. Um, there is no Morfu, but no one will tell her that. So, um, the displacement was, um, you know, it was not like that part of the island was largely settled by Turkish Cypriots. It, it was not. Um, they just, they were trying to take the whole island and they were stopped. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't, you know, well, predominant, you know, parts of the population are up there. Um, it was scattered throughout the island. Um, what I will say is now, uh, They've built all new roads, and and when I went in 2017, um, which I did not go with the attention to document the war. I I wanted to document, like I said, antiquity, old villages that I had read about, beautiful historical sites, and um, I was shocked to find that many of them were gone. One cool thing um, was that while I was driving, um, I was using Google Maps and. I remember driving down a new highway that had just been um, paved, and I looked to the left and I saw a bunch of rubble. Um, and I was like, I wonder what that rubble is. And I looked down at my phone, because I was using it to navigate, and I saw the name of a village, Lampusa. Um, Lampusa is a village that I have a lot of friends that I grew up with whose parents were from Lampusa. There was a big Greek dance we would do, the lemon dance, where you had to like, put a lemon, I know it was a fundraiser, but you'd have to dance with a lemon between your head. And um, so, you know, I, I always have remembered Lampusa. And I was like, Lampusa, there's no sign for Lampusa. And also it was just rubble. They had, they had completely knocked down any remnants of that village. And that, that wasn't from 1974. That was in recent times, um, which I, I visited with my father, who is a lifelong activist for the Cyprus problem and has completely devoted his life to trying to find a solution. Um, and when they opened the border, uh, and I, it was around 2005, I think, they opened the border for the first time we went because um, he wanted us to see it and he also wanted to see. Um, and I remember we'd stop every few miles and speak to Turkish Cypriots. They were sitting at the coffee shops, the Gafane, and they'd say, oh, you know, you guys come out in Cypriot, have coffee with us, please. We'd, oh, where are you from? Oh my God, you know, I had family from the village next to that. When I went in 2017, I did not hear one person speaking the language. Um, the other thing that happened that was interesting was I had to work with their, they have their own government. Yeah. Um, and to work with their government and the UN was the liaison between us. Right. And every time they call me, I get these weird calls from members of their government and they'd say, you can come and you can film, but you cannot film um, the army bases. And I was like, I have no interest in filming the army bases. Like I, I don't care about the army bases. And I probably got three phone calls on different random dates 
warning me to not film the army bases. And I was so confused. I was like, what? Like, what are they thinking? Well, when I arrived there, I realized that they've pretty much turned the entire northern part of the island into army bases. They were everywhere. They were everywhere you looked. These there was Turkish an army, army base. bases. Yes, Turkish army bases. Um, so in reference to the population, currently, um, since 1974, many of the Turkish Cypriots are no longer to be found. I mean, you know. Uh, they, they left the island, they went to the places. Um, I, I think that they were killed. They don't think they left the island, um, but we really can't track those things because, because like I said, goes down. So, so, so just to put this in perspective, because I, you know, I think maybe some folks are thinking, well, how is there Google Maps? But we don't know that these city cities were like decimated in the last, yeah, you know, whoever, however many years. Mm -hmm. um, it's 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 almost th th there's there's a lack of communication outwardly. It's not like this is going to Turkey to visit Istanbul. It's it's a very different experience, right? The government does not share information. They block and right. Yeah, um, they gave me several books when I was there to read about um, the history that they said oh, how nice. I had never been taught in the yeah. South. And I always say when people ask me where I'm from, I say I'm from Cyprus. This was the first time in my life that I repeated probably a hundred times to the guides that were following us around that I was American. I was like, I'm American. I didn't learn the history in the South. We have the internet. <laughs> no one taught me fake history. Um, you know, this information is readily available. Um, and I got a 600 page book called The Genocide Files. It was independently published and it was about the genocides that have been enacted on Turkey. Um, and it goes through all of them from the Armenian genocide, uh, the Greek genocide, which happened at the same time in Asia Minor. Um, this, uh, it was all flipped that, that everyone was out to get Turkey and that the whole world has been trying to ethnically cleanse Turkey and they have merely been responding to that. Um, that is, that's published text. They publish those texts. There's- um, Is it English? It was in English, yes. They knew that, they, yeah, they gave it to me in English even though they kept saying I, I was taught in the South, I was taught propaganda in the South. They also, I mean, it, it was wild, but what I will say is there is an enclave city, which is something that I think is one of the coolest things about this situation. It's called um, Rizo Carpaso. And it's, it's not a city, really, it's a village, and it's a community of Cypriots that stayed and somehow were not murdered and they've stayed. So I went to visit them. They have a constant issue because the teachers are um, Cypriot, they're not Turkish Cypriot. And this is a huge point of contention. Basically, um, the government in the North has said that um, they have to pay tax to the Turkish government in order to receive supplies from the South um, because they are Greek speaking village. Uh, but the government in the South will not pay taxes to the North because it's an unrecognized country um, and that would recognize it in some capacity. So the UN has to deliver supplies to this village once a week, food, um, school supplies, uh, medicine, you name it. Um, so I visited that village just thinking, oh, how cool, I'd love to visit Rizokarpaso, a historic village. Um, but we were followed by members of the Turkish government that we were not told would be following us, uh, watching their every move. Um, the teachers were terrified to speak to us. 
Um, the children were very excited to speak to us. Um, and what I found out is that frequently the teachers at the schools, there's a, a nursery school, an elementary school, and a middle school, and a high school, and the teachers are removed. Um, if the teachers are found to be teaching history in the way that the Turkish government does not approve, the teachers are removed. Um, sometimes we know where the teachers go and sometimes we don't. Um, and the children actually pleaded with me to help get their principal back. Um, wow. But um, I actually was able to slip away and speak to the children without the representatives from the government with me, which was very special, but also very dangerous. Um, I know what the kids said, but it's a population of like 35 people in that village. And oh it's goodness. very dangerous for me to, yeah. you know, anyway, so um, they live, they live completely in fear there. Um, and I think it's very beautiful though, because they've stayed in their, in their ancestral village. The people have been living in that village for thousands of years and they stayed, but their lives are difficult every single day. Their lives are difficult. Um, I guess all that to say currently. Yeah, so, so, so let's talk about the geopolitics yeah. of the moment. Well, I mean, this is very important yeah, background <laughs> here. So uh, Turkey is, 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 is not just flexing its muscle and hasn't just been flexing its muscles, um, I mean, for centuries, but especially in the last, say, decade under Erdogan. Mm -hmm. You know, there was this, I think um, folks are familiar that there was this uh, idea that Erdogan was supposed to be different in the beginning and someone good for, you know, Middle East business. I mean, you, you, I've traveled around, I've heard the propaganda and then very quickly that turned. <laughs> and now um, he is flexing uh, his, his muscles in Turkey, even as Turkey itself is divided and, you know, uh, Istanbul is led by a more progressive leader and there's a real progressive movement. And of course there were um, uh, attempted revolutions that, that were stifled. And now there's all this other geopolitics that, that's at play. Um, Armenia had a conflict uh, for about a month and a half that did not bode well for Armenians, even though the Turks were not at the table negotiating their futures, right? Supposedly at the table. Um, they're drilling off the coast of the Mediterranean now, uh, which is Greek water, let's just, or Greek or international water, um, mm -hmm. but not their water. They said that they were going to seize multiple islands in the Dodokanisa, which is a group of 12 islands and beyond, uh, right next to Turkey, where my family's from. And, and meanwhile, silence <laughs> globally. Silence from the EU, silence from NATO, silence, silence, silence. And some say it's because of, of Iran. But tell us what's happening in, in, in Cyprus right now, because you reached out to me a couple months ago before Armenia before I learned that my island might be seized by the Turks, like my family's island, Galimos. Like, mm -hmm. so what's going on? Well, first I'll say my father is Cypriot and my mom is actually from Hios, which is also Very right close. there. I mean, I, it's within a few miles of, it's the same part of the conflict. Technically the island is, you know, it, they claim it's in their water. So the island is theirs and we claim then their coast is in our waters and Greece, so, but same same issue. So from both sides of my family, we have a long complicated history with Turkey. Um, so in Cyprus, uh, a couple of years ago, we found natural gas off the coast of the Southern part of Cyprus, not even closely in their unrecognized territory. Not that that would matter because it's not really theirs, but it is totally not 
totally not there in their territory at all. Um, as you know, the Turkish government um, and their economy is not doing well. Um, their, their currency is worth very little. Um, so the potential of natural gas um, was uh, very exciting for them. And they felt that they deserved um, they deserve possession also of this gas. Um, so obviously we said no. Um, you know, Cyprus has been, like I said, um, colonized by everyone, and we've really never had the chance to be our own country. And this natural gas could award us, you know, a lot of, of capital and a lot of power and a lot of maybe, you know, independence in the future. Um, Turkey doesn't like that, so they've surrounded the island with uh, drill ships and warships. Um, when I was there last fall, I was at my house and a drill ship literally came into view of my house. I could see the drill ship. They came way closer. They were out of international waters. They were completely, I mean, they were probably within a mile of the coast. Um, and they were headed for the Agamas Peninsula, which is a nature reserve in Cyprus. And what they're doing is they're drilling wherever they can in hopes of finding their own natural gas um, in our territory. They also have um, drones flying all over the island. Um, they are certainly trying to threaten us um, very, very aggressively. So some things have happened. Um, there was an embargo on um, weapons for Cyprus, which was lifted under the Trump administration, um, which you know could go into different directions. But one, many people say uh, that it is good for us because before that, we didn't really have much power. We don't have uh, weapons. We're a very small country. So having these weapons at least will make Turkey hopefully think twice about um, really becoming even more aggressive than they already have. And, and where did the weapons, who provided them mostly? From America, America, okay. yes, okay, which, yeah, of course. Um, well, I'm surprised so, actually it wasn't Russia, too. I think there's I, a lot of interests. Yes, there is, which it is surprising. Um, but yeah, it was America. And um, I also will say that the weapons that were used to invade Cyprus in 1974 were sold to Turkey by Henry Kissinger. Um, they were American weapons, and they were told that they could buy them as long as they didn't use them. Uh, to start a war, and <laughs> they did. Um, so the fact that we have these weapons, um, as as much of a pacifist as I am, and a, as anti-war as I am, and I, I do not condone war, um, although it is a difference than ever before. We never had sophisticated weapons, and it's in hopes that they'll think twice about um, invading and trying to take the rest of the country, starting a war, totally blowing us off the map. You name it. Um, another thing is, which again becomes really complicated in terms of my personal politics, is we've signed um, agreements with Israel. Um, Israel has signed agreements with a series of other Middle Eastern countries um, in hopes that we have the backs of other large, powerful countries to back us up if Turkey does try to take our country, which is a very freaky thing to say out loud um, and very. And Israel is hoping that you have their backs in response to Iran. Yes, uh, I'm assuming that's what it is, you know, and it's really messy. In a very important position. So how far? I mean, you're very close to Israel. Let's let's just be 
Uh, it's a, it's about a 25 minute flight from Israel. Um, same thing with Lebanon, right. same thing with Syria. Um, and we're, we're very close. We're very, very close to that part of the world. Um, we also have an agreement with Egypt right now, which these things are, you know, these things are complicated and scary sounding, although having the backs of other countries is something we've, we've never had before. Um, what we really need is the UN to be more aggressive with Turkey, which they historically, their Security Council um, has avoided entirely because you know even if we gain our independence the security council which is you know china the uk um uh france they all also need cyprus everyone needs cyprus because of its geopolitical positioning um so the un has never aggressively stood up to turkey um and the way i think about turkey in terms of, of this political conflict is like it's the spoiled child that we're trying to keep quiet because if we don't give them what they want, they might throw a tantrum. So they get away with anything and everything at the expense of genocide, of ethnic cleansing, you know. Um, and why this is important to Americans, I was looking at this um, Hitler quote and it was like, you know, he was asked, it was a part of a long speech, what makes you think you'll get away with the Holocaust? And he said, well, look, Nobody's talking about the Armenian genocide. No one speaks of it at all. And, you know, we're still grappling with the fact that people barely acknowledge the Armenian genocide. Uh, beyond that, there was a Greek genocide going on at the same time um, in Asia Minor. And in Cyprus, there was also, you know, an ethnic cleansing. And we are watching history repeat itself over and over again by not focusing on these issues that have been ongoing for so long. We're constantly trying to keep the peace at the expense of the indigenous people and by keeping the aggressor calm while they take and take and take. Um, this is very dangerous. And I am hoping um, Joe Biden historically has has actually um, been an advocate for justice for Cyprus. Um, and he actually came to Cyprus after we found natural gas. Of course, there, there is, you know, interest, Shocker. you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Joe Biden and natural gas interest? I'm right. just so surprised. <laughs> Which it's, you know, okay. So I no, was in Cyprus. Fair, he's been a big advocate for Greece. He's been very close to he the has, community. That's a he has, and this, this hopefully, uh, but who knows, is an opportunity for him to actually stand behind that. I mean, historically, if you look at the work he's done for the Hellenic population in the United States, he has always been an advocate, but there are times where he has not stood up as strongly as he should have um, many times. And so when he came to Cyprus, uh, when we found the gas, when he was the vice president, he said that there is one true Cyprus, and it is the Republic of Cyprus, and that no funny business will be tolerated. And he probably said funny business because he loves like silly expressions. Um, but that was the first time in my life that I ever heard um, a politician at that level, who's the vice president of the United States, say out loud that there is one true Cyprus and that no funny business will be tolerated with Turkey. Now, have we have we maintained that? Not exactly. There's certainly a lot of funny business going on in the region, and it's getting very, very wild. We need 
the UN, we need the United States, we need these the European Union, which I mean, we are a member of the EU. The occupied side is not a member of the EU. Right. We are a member and they, they also allow this to continue. Um, and it can't keep going. I mean, I, 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 before we wrap up, I think there's a reason why I keep bringing this up, right? It's, it's, it's what you just said. It's, it's, it's getting scary. It's not. This is, this is not normal flexing. And the fact that there's no pushback, you know, it's one thing for Joe Biden to come into Cyprus and say what he said, right? It's another thing for the Obama administration to, at one point, develop a friendly relationship with Erdogan early, early on. But then even after the, the supposed uh, revolution that was, he combated the revolution and there's been very little flexing. And I think coming out of the Trump administration, which dismantled you know, everything you could possibly imagine um, in terms of, of, of geopolitical, attempted to dismantle geopolitical alliances and institutional uh, knowledge and the embassy, for, embassies anywhere, frankly, <laughs> um, that's just to start. But embassy appointments, but NATO, right? He's been extremely critical of NATO and you and I personally probably have our own very serious critiques of NATO. But aside from that, this action is so curious because of Turkey standing with NATO and and of course going back to Iran. So I, I personally wanna keep highlighting this because I feel like there's an end game here and the um, the effect is a dismantling of 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 peaceful places in in Europe that are already under uh, economic colonization or actual physical colonization, um, and you know it's all for what for for oil in Iran or natural gas off the coast of of many islands, thousands of islands in 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 the Mediterranean. So I guess my question, my last question would be, in terms of how Turkey is just allowed to do these things, is is it just because of this NATO alliance? Is that all it comes down to and, and, and being fearful of Iran? Um, that's a good question and a complicated one. Um, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with them being the border of between Europe and Russia. Um, it has a lot to do with their current economy. It has a lot to do with Erdogan living in the past and believing that he's bringing back the Ottoman Empire and he's going to conquer all of the region. Once again, um, the Turkish nationalist movement of extremely religious people. Um, and, you know, of course, NATO has been really problematic to my people and your people, you know. Um, I, I think that because they have never, like I said, because they have never been treated aggressively for the things that they have done, they have broken rules time and time again. They just re-occupied um, a, a region that was, um, this was in the news recently, Verosha in Cyprus. It was, um, it was previously a ghost town and it was supposed to be given back to us. And Erdogan went and visited on November 15th and he said, Turkish Cypriots come in, take the homes, they walk into the homes, they take the homes with everything in them, the businesses, it all belongs to them. Um, until somebody stops this, until somebody does something aggressive, um, including NATO, 
I think that this is going to continue. And I think that Cyprus is just a speck on the map to so many people. Um, my concern is that's how we've been treated by all of these groups, the UN, the EU, the US, NATO. It's, it's, it doesn't seem to matter to them that we're in danger. Um, and I wish I knew the answer to how to resolve this, but I do know that we need a longer term plan. We can't keep trying to do quick fixes. We need, it needs to be like a chess match, you know, not checkers. We need a long term plan. We need to really strengthen um, all of the rules that we've made. The UN needs to stand up. Um, the EU needs to stand up. We need to be defended. Um, yeah, I. I think um, yeah. in the U.S., absolutely, which I never thought that I never thought I'd say that the U.S. needs to come make its presence known in the Middle East. Um, and I'm saying that after, you know, it seems so antithetical to everything we've wanted. But as soon as they're gone, all of this hysteria is happening um, and it's going wild. And yes, the, U the U.S. needs to hold its allies accountable. And we're not doing that right now. That's a better way of saying it. Yeah. yeah, the U.S. needs to hold. And so does the U.N. I mean, all of these things in in Cyprus, the U.N. has set rules and Turkey has just said we don't care. And then we're like, OK, they don't care. That can't right. be. Yeah, that can't be how it is. Right. And it's it's, um, you know, one of the things that I was talking about on the show this week is so we as a movement and you're 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 a leftist as you and I are both Bernie Kratz and um, <laughs> but we you know there, there are challenges to uh, to being anti-imperialist right like we I think we're all especially if you come from a colonized territory um, whether officially or occupied or not you're probably extremely sensitive to the imperialism of the United States but what does it mean to withdraw from Afghanistan not a question of if it's how and so how does the U.S. exercise whatever hegemonic power they have in a region like this where if, le if, if not present or not vocal, the vacuum opens up a space for folks who, we're not saying America's better, but there's a recent track record of some egregious uh, human rights violations, not that we don't drone and do similar things in perceived wars, and that's why we should pull out. But what is the plan? And I think we as progressives really need to think concretely about what it means to pull out of, of regions or whether it's conversations or regions and how do we do it so that it doesn't destabilize a region and make that community even more vulnerable than they probably were before. Like so. the Kurds. Like the, like the Kurds. Perfect example. You know, I mean, and the Kurds are another population that are just being wiped off of the planet. Um, yeah, and I guess the final thing I'll say also is, you know, Turkey keeps using the Syrian refugees as leverage for Europe, which is another another big talking point. Um, I don't know if you saw there was a there was a New York Times article that was like, can you believe how poorly Greece is te treating um, these refugees that are being shipped over on rafts? And it completely neglected where those rafts were coming from, which was Turkey, and who was putting them on those rafts with no motors and pushing them out to sea. Um, and, it was also- and, and it ignored the, the, the countries in the EU who just decided to block their borders and put the pressure on a already starved, austerity-ridden Greece. 
and and yes, these 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 camps are, by the way, not run by Greece. They're on Greeks Greece's land, working in conjunction with international agencies, the EU, etc. And they're of course they're, they're they're one was just burned down in uh, uh in uh wasn't in Hios, it was in Lesbos. By it was in Lesbos, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's they think it was intentional, but again, we don't know. So I I'm sorry, I cut you off, but go ahead. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's true. It's it's you know it's complicated. And I had a bunch of liberal friends that were sharing that article, and I was so frustrated because I was like, you don't even know the history of this region, and you don't even understand that this article in itself is propaganda taking the you know taking put all the attention on Greece, a bankrupt nation that's having all these issues, and not focusing on the fact that these literal sinking ships are being they're taking advantage of these Syrian refugees, taking any money that they have left, and putting them out to sea. Um, it's it's truly devastating um, and and it's very difficult to witness. Um, and there's yeah, a lot of I mean, just as a side note for folks to understand, there's a lot of like cultural overlap between Syrians. So there's been, a, for the most part, with exception to some right wing elements and 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 nationalists that have kind of grown everywhere around the globe. There's been a lot of hosp hospitality and welcoming. It's just it's just a lot of pressure for one mm -hmm. baroque country that mm -hmm. is being bought up by china and germany and who knows who else at this point yeah um, go ahead I was going to say that um, my village in Cyprus has a handful of Syrian refugees living in it, and they're like incredible. They're actually the village is in the process of being restored, and they're redoing all of the original stonework. And it's the Syrians that are experts in all of that work. And you know, my grandmother rents. Um, we have a little back house sort of thing and it was rented to a like beautiful Syrian family and I was sitting there one day and like this little girl came over and she's like the little girl didn't speak Greek and my grandmother doesn't uh, speak anything but Cypriot and right. um, she's like oh you want your chips and she disappears and I'm like what's going on and then this beautiful Syrian woman comes over and she sits down and my grandmother gives them some bread that she had just baked and they have coffee and I was like I wish the world could see this yes. you know I wish the world could see this um, you know of course there are tensions and of course I'm, I'm talking about one family yeah. my village has a population of like 300 people but people also have to understand if 14,000 people came to a village of 300 people it's not about racial or religious tensions that is a massive artificial influx in population um, and most of these places don't really have the infrastructure to support those people or even their own citizens. I wanna say one more thing that I forgot to mention about Cyprus that's crucial. Um, there was an election on the occupied side um, that was just passed and there was a Turkish Cypriot candidate and a Turkish nationalist candidate that was supported by Erdogan. Um, there were some very intense um, meetings about the future and trying to come up with a solution um, Erdogan was heavily pressuring um, a very, very, very unfair um, solution, which would be that we uh, alternate presidents every term. So all of Cyprus would be under Turkish rule every other presidency, um, which is like- Turkish nationalist or Turkish Cypriot? Turkish nationalist. 
Well, that's who won the election. Um, and it's very, it's very, again, it's very difficult to prove these things, but many people don't believe that he fairly won the election. And he is er Erdogan's very, very close um, ally. And that is also what prompted uh, Varosha being taken back. Um, so there, there's a lot of scary stuff going on in terms of that, because now the Turkish Cypriot um, candidate is no longer even an option. Um, and um, the Turkish nationalist is now in power. So all all um, negotiations are off the table because they were they were completely ridiculous. It was literally like um, sign your country away. Uh, we'll share it. It's like sharing a country with Turkey. Have you ever heard of something like that working out? I mean, um, you know, it's wild because we have all these things going on in the United States and our our government is very, very antiquated, but there is value to the way we do a lot of things. Um, and we really need to figure out a way. I, the Cypriot government is happy to represent the Turkish Cypriot people in the government, but saying we'll share it 50-50 um, with a group of people that have been artificially populating the Northern Republic of Cyprus, an unrecognized country, which is mostly um, army bases and also Erdogan offers financial incentives for people to move to the occupied side and then those incentives increase with each child you have there so it's very difficult to negotiate because the population is not this natural population of people who just have been there for generations and generations it's people who are being paid to move to the occupied side so that they can say we have this large population and we don't want to say oh we'll just get out of here because we don't want to be you know the people to kind of do the same thing that was done to us but on the other end of it we want our land back and we want people to be able to go back to their homes we allow turkish cypriots to come back um, to the republic of cyprus they're allowed to live in their homes they're allowed to work they're they have they're freely allowed on our part of the island and we are not allowed on the occupied side we are not allowed to take our homes back we are not allowed to take our businesses back um, our property back so there's a massive inequality there. Um, so anyway, that that's just an important detail, the election that just happened, um, especially with Erdogan and what he's pushing all throughout the region. An exercise um, of power. This is all yeah. happening simultaneously in the last couple of months. I yes. Mean, an amp up, an extreme amp up in the last couple of months. Last month. The yeah, last, last month, month this happened, yeah. So Armenia, this same time. The islands, the drilling, all happening at once, the elections, uh, not to mention, uh, you know, Trump deciding to pull troops out of the Turkish region right by uh, Syria. Yes. Uh, where can people pick up the copy of genocide? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. The <laughs> yeah, I've got book. it on the table of my. Yeah, it's very and good. He also gave me comedy. a CD and he said, put this in your computer. You're yeah. like, I trust that. He's like, that. if you want to see real. F yeah, I was like, app one, computers don't have CD holes anymore, sir. Two, I would never put that in my computer. Um, He's like, so, yeah, but I do have that book and. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it was crazy. Delay. He was like, and here's the phone number to to uh, two Turkish Cypriots in uh, in New York City. We don't have a consulate because they won't let us. Um, but if you ever need more information, I was like, I don't. I don't need any more information. Like, I'm terrified to, to know that they're my not there. Told me everything. Yes. Have a nice day. Yeah, like I have my own very, photos. I was like, oh, that's so great. Yeah, my own photos. Thank you. Um, what I will say is a lot of the videos that I saw that were very tragic online of 
of the Armenians fleeing um, Artsakh was in, in to, pay, to paint a picture of what the invasion looked like, it looked a lot like that. You know, people were given the chance to flee, to leave, um, but it certainly wasn't a pretty picture. Not everyone was killed, but, you know, people had to relocate, and many of them live in refugee housing still in, in the Republic of Cyprus. Anyway, I could talk about this for 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Alpita, thank you so much for, for, for sharing this. I know we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, Alpita Tsivikos, we have our Twitter handle up there so you can go check her out. I will just let you know that every time I talk about Turkey, I get an onslaught of Turkish propaganda on my Twitter account. It's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. Like CRCD, this is what, and so get ready. Uh, and nice. for those of you watching, please have each other's backs because it's really intimidating after a while. But thank you so much, Elpida Tsivikos, uh, artist, videographer. You, you do everything. You're, you're, <laughs> and and your, your Instagram account, um, you should definitely check her out there too because she has this like beautiful artistic wardrobe like Frida Kahlo did. Like every, <laughs> every day is like a new Frida Kahlo wardrobe. <laughs> you gotta get your kicks somehow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you put really beautiful videos of your time um, when you go to Cyprus with your family, just some of the more traditional uh, whether it's farming or cooking, it's, it's really beautiful. And I think for a lot of folks who want to have a reconnection with roots, it's it's a nice way to do so. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.